Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes. And that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to have you here with us once again as, as we dive into it. Normally, I say we're diving into the story of yet another uh, amazing dude, and this is actually an amazing dude who has been on the show before, uh, and he's coming back, so it's always nice to revisit people because I think one of the big things that we I think we all learn on these journeys is that uh, there's no beginning and end point it's it just is you know time passes and things change and challenges happen and good stuff happens and so it's always nice to kind of reconnect with people so with us returning to the fat guy forum today i have matt shin matt how are you doing gourmet i'm doing incredible it is really good to be back here and talking to you guys again and you were for when we spoke before you were all over the place in the country now you are you are settled in you're a Vermonter now, indeed, indeed. I have to be careful of saying Vermonter because apparently there are some schools of thought here that say that you can't be unless right. you're born here. But um, I'm gonna do everything I can this summer to make sure that I can still say that I'm a Vermonter. But full fledged, I am 100% setting my roots in Vermont. I'm even getting married this year, so which is awesome. And we're gonna talk about all of that, man. And Hopefully there won't be any kind of like avalanches or snowstorms or anything that come in the way to interrupt us as we're recording. <laughs> I, I, that's all I remember of New England now that I live in California. Is that yeah, uh, well, wild... apparently that's happening right now in New England and in Colorado. So yeah. you, you, don't, you don't know right now. <laughs> and I, I lived in Vermont for two years myself. So I, I, I understand the allure of, of the green state. No, it's, is it? No, what is Vermont? What's Vermont's The tag? Green Mountain State. It green is, Mountain State. Is yeah. it Green Mountain yeah. State? Why do I always Absolutely. feel like I wanted to say that's new? Vermont and New Hampshire fight about so many things. You don't want to step right, on toes. Right. I guess. Well, so the, New Hampshire also has the White Mountains. That's what so it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And New Hampshire's more live free or die. Um, yes. Vermont is more uh, come come to the Green Mountains and have Ben and Jerry's. So yes, and and get stoned. There, you go. pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Matt, so as a matter of fact, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, was, you go ahead. I was just going to say, as a matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm literally staring out my window at Breadloaf Mountain right now in, in, in the Green Mountain Range. Nice. So I, I live in the Green Mountains. Well, there we go. So, Matt, let's get right to it. Matt, normally, I, I ask what qualifies a guest to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Matt, tell us what brings you back to the Fat Guy Forum. Well, um, as you described, uh, these our journeys in life tend to go up and down, um, you know, much like hiking a trail or, you know, doing anything in your life, you're going to have your high points and your low points. And, uh, the last time I was on, I, I don't even think I recognized it yet, but I was actually in one of my low points. And, uh, I spent the time since then, um, damaging myself and, uh, 
doing doing a lot of harmful things to myself and uh i'm finally getting back to who i was before that the reason why you were so interested in talking to me at that point in my life to begin with and uh i feel like it's it's the appropriate time to come back and talk to people and talk to you and um spread the the lessons that i continue to learn every day through my journey and bettering myself and uh, getting more connected with my mental health definitely man and let's for those people that for some reason there's going to be someone out there who this is their very first episode of the fat guy forum let's bring them up to speed on your journey all right so um (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best to keep this as brief as possible for the ones who have uh, heard this before. I, uh, in 2018, I believe it was, my roommate um, and I decided to enter a uh, weight loss journey together. We uh, ate much better than we had been, and um, I was able to lose uh, 200 pounds in about a year and a half. I moved back to New Jersey from Texas and decided I was going to hike the Appalachian Trail. Mm -hmm. Sometime in that storyline, I also managed to uh, remove a couple of my fingers. And yes, (laughs) I uh, thankfully they're they're reattached for anybody who's curious. They are reattached. Um, And then uh, I spent a lot of the money that I had saved up for the Appalachian Trail to live while I was dealing with the uh, dismemberment of my fingers. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my um, Instagram followers ended up stepping up and crowdfunding my Appalachian Trail through hike, which you actually were a donor on that too, right? Yes. uh, It's funny because I, the other day I was searching my Amazon history for something Mm -hmm. that I had bought and it popped up. um, It was a pot. It there was, uh, there was, I think it was wipes and some other thing. And I'm like, when did I buy, why did I buy those? Right. <laughs> when did I ever, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, those were for Matt. I'm like, those didn't even go to me. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry. You never bought, don't worry. Yeah. You didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Many, many, many thank yous for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I fully appreciate all the help that I got for that. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I was able to hike the Appalachian Trail thanks to, you know, the, the people who found value in the content that that I was making, um, you know, when I was in a much better headspace in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so finished the Appalachian Trail. I met uh, my current fiance. Um, I had my dark period. Uh, some of us were here for that. And uh, me and my fiance ended up uh, getting back on trail and I hiked the uh, long trail with her. And I asked her to marry me while we were out there. So that's pretty much my story up until this point boiled down as much as I can. <laughs> No, I like it. I like it. Where you know, it's kind of like the elevator speech of for people to get to know Matt. Mm-hmm. And so, Matt, you towards the end there, you said you had your dark period. Yeah. Uh, so what? Take people because I I think that's one of the things that we don't talk about a lot sometimes. Like I mm-hmm. I, I think we love to kind of celebrate the success, mm-hmm. and it almost implies like there's there's a finish line. Like I I think it won't, when anyone starts a you know a weight loss, health, or even a mental health journey. They envision, you know, there's a place they're going to get to where there's going to be a ribbon to run through Hmm. and there's going to be, you know, a clock flashing and people clapping. But if you've ever done a race or anything like that, you also realize that very soon after it's this desolate scene of, you know, banners lying on the ground, shreds of ribbon, and you're left there after that experience and you still have to go somewhere. You still have to do things. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, I that's so beautifully said. That's extremely accurate to you know the experience that I had. Um, I after finishing the Appalachian Trail, um, after completing my you know in in my mind completing my journey and hitting hitting my my weight loss goals and hitting my fitness goals, I was stuck standing there like, what do I do now? You know. Um, and at that point in my life, like I had already accepted that, and I say this with air quotes, accepted that I can now control my drinking. So I was back to drinking, you know, periodically, um, which, you know, drinking and depression and all that kind of stuff, um, they don't mix well. And I... Looking back now, I can see that I was absolutely spiraling out of control at that point in my life, and uh, it it was it wasn't until a hard conversation that I had with my fiance one night um, after an argument while we were drinking that like I was able to stop and look in the mirror and recognize who I was becoming, and who I was becoming was the person that I ran so hard from back in 2018 when I first started to lose that 200 pounds. And I didn't want to go back to that person ever again. And that's... And, and it's almost like I feel like we have an opportunity to talk about this. Like, that because it is... Because obviously in all of that behavior, you know, there, there was a, an aspect of it that involved weight regain. And uh, people always say, like, why don't, you know when it, when a pound happens, why doesn't, why isn't that enough? You know, when, you know, in, when it comes to even alcohol behavior, like, well, why isn't one night realizing, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. Like what, what is your insight into how easy it is to kind of head back to being that person? Yeah, there's, it's, it's addiction, you know, it's addiction. And on top of that, it's comfort. It's, you know, it, we, we, we oftentimes will fold back. It's, it's why we watch, you know, a TV series that we're, that we're familiar with. You know, we, we'll watch, we'll go back and rewatch The Sopranos or Breaking Bad or, you know, anything like that again to avoid the anxiety of not knowing what's coming. You know, at, at the very least, if I'm drinking every day, at least I know how I'm going to feel in the morning. I know that I'm going to be able to disconnect for the rest of the night. You know, I'm familiar with that and I'm comfortable with that. And as weird as it seems to say that, like, I was also miserable with that, it, it really took that, that initial, it always, anytime you want to step out of an addiction, it, it takes a really hard push at first. It gets easier, but it takes a really, really hard push to step away from addiction. And I'm sure a lot of our list, a lot of your listeners are very familiar with stepping out of their comfort zones to, to get rid of addiction, whether it be food or anything else that they're dealing with. Which I think is is a really important point because the the hard thing for someone on the outside of an addiction to see is why a person would would perpetuate that behavior. Yeah. And what there what I think is missed is even if it's making the world crumble around you, you're getting something out of it. You know, there's absolutely, and whether that's and it doesn't mean that that's a healthy mechanism. It doesn't mean that it's something that is serving you at all. You know, it can be something that is literally pushing people out of your life, taking away wins that you've made. You know, like I, I, I think, you know, I speaking to, you know, what can happen, you know, regain specifically when it comes to weight. Like we celebrate all these moments where like look at, you know, even, 
you know, being able to hike the Appalachian Trail. You yeah. know, I think about, you know, being able to fit on planes, being able to fit in cars, like all of those yeah. things. And you allow it to go away. Like, it's like those things are then taken from you again. <sighs> yeah. And it's almost like you're a spectator watching it happen. But mm-hmm. then there's still a comfort in going back to the norm, you know, right. that, that old that old place. Yeah, I spent so much of my time, so much of my life dealing with this that there's almost comfort in dealing with it, you know? It's crazy. But, and I, 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 guess, I guess that's what it is at the very core of, of addiction, you know? And, and I, I experienced this both with, you know, alcoholism and, you know, with, with my battles with the, the foods that I'm eating, you know what I mean? And uh, even, even though I, I, I hated myself as a bigger person, even though I had so many problems as a bigger person, it was so easy for me to just accept that I was sliding backwards. And it's, it's, it's just a testament to just how easy it is to, to lose ground when you stop paying attention, when you stop trying. And what do you, and so what was it like for you to come kind of come back to that place of, of full realization of where you were at? (sighs) Um, so that night, (laughs) there's a night in particular and I, I, we, we refer to it as that night in, in my house. Um, I, I remember uh, growing up, um, and, and I guess this was a part of it too, I remember growing up and recognizing that my father had a that night. You know, I, I remember one night in particular where things changed in my home. And I feel like it was very similar to the conversation that I had with my partner that night. And uh, it was the kind of conversation that you would have with a person who you were actually genuinely worried about their well-being. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I think in her own words, it halted me. I stopped. Like, I, I just froze. And realistically, I did step out of my body in that moment and take a good, hard look at myself and decided that I needed to make some changes. So we, uh, we ended up hiking the long trail right after that. And I made it a point to do that dry. I needed to find sobriety and this is the perfect way to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I drank a couple times after I finished, I had a beer here or there, didn't enjoy it. And finally I can say since October 1st, I'm 100% sober and I am so much happier because of it. Which is incredible to hear a man. And, Going through this, like, because one of the things I, I think that your story really kind of highlights is the intersectionality of addictions mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that it's not just an either or situation. It's not just, you know, one begats the other. Like there can yeah. be, you know, there's layers and levels to addiction. And knowing that, you know, alcohol is, is a big part of it and food is a big part of it. Like, how does, how does that operate in terms of your perspective on, you know, sobriety in general, like in terms of what you need to do to be taken care of yourself? Well, so uh, the biggest mistake that I made the first time that I dieted and the first time that I gave up booze is that I convinced myself that I wasn't an alcoholic. I was addicted to the carbs in the beer. Mm -hmm. So I gave up the alcohol as a means to avoid the carbs. And I never addressed that addiction fully in and of itself Mm. back then. So 
which I remember having those conversations with you. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, 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 I really, I, I was telling people and, and it wasn't until just recently that I finally said out loud, you know, to, to anybody other than myself that I was an alcoholic, you know? Um, so that, that in and of itself made it very hard for me in that time to understand that I couldn't go back to the booze. I couldn't, I, I couldn't have that again. So it, it wasn't until just recently that I was able to, to dissect the two as two separate, you know, addictions and, and two separate problems that I have to deal with. And, you know, furthermore, on top of that, as you recall from the last conversation, I, you know, I, I dealt with a lot of, you know, anxieties and, you know, and all that stuff came back tenfold, you know? So on top of recognizing that I'm dealing with two separate addictions, I'm also recognizing that now I'm dealing with a lot more health problems and mental health problems again. And, uh, it's just, it, it was, it was a dirty, dirty mess. And, uh, it's, I, it, it's, it was hard work to clean it up and I'm still not a hundred percent there, but it, it, it's, I just, there's nothing like the feeling of being able to, to recognize and break away from the things that are holding you back. Which is, is powerful, man. And, and one of the things that I think is unique here as well is not just facing alcohol, not just facing food, but facing all of these challenges and realizing what because I do think there's there's separate ways to address different addictions, but I think it, and one of the things that you were just saying gets to the core, I think, for a lot of people, and that's that the addiction is, whether it's covering up or allowing us to cope with or handle or manage other challenges that are bigger and, you know, going into, you know, depression, anxiety, all of those things. And then to not just say, because I, I think a common thing, you know, for someone who deals with with a problem with alcohol or drugs is they end up in some on some levels then end up developing a food issue because there's you know food isn't you know it's not like going on a food bender is is often you know something where people are like oh i, I did you see did you see matt it was in the drive through did you see you know i, I heard <laughs> i heard i heard gourmet was at the gas station oh, yeah. you know huffing a snickers bar like mm -hmm. i've been called out on instagram for yeah. things that are in the background you know Oh, for sure. And that's, <laughs> and I, but I, I think it's like, so then to be fully conscious of the fact that you can't replace one addiction with another, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna lead to opening those gates, you know, and just saying, so there, there's something raw here that has to be addressed and I can't turn to something else. So I have to face this. So in terms of like your perspective, like what has that been, what has that been like for you? trying to go through that. So for me, it's, it's, it's as important to work on developing yourself in better ways as it is to me in just understanding who you are and working with that. Um, so what I'm meaning to say is that I recognize that I do have a, an addictive personality and I know very well that I can jump from addiction to addiction and while that is something that like has to be addressed and has to be dealt with and has to be worked through. Um, I also would much rather at least understand it and harness it in a way that can be beneficial to me rather than let it destroy me in other ways. So the way that I'm doing that is I'm once again, 
challenging myself to some great physical feat because last time it was so beneficial for me to to discover, you know, running and, and different modes of movement and exercise and, and fitness. You know, I got into CrossFit before I cut my fingers off. And uh, I feel like that's definitely something that I'm missing in my life. And it's an opportunity for me to get out and put some miles in in Vermont and familiarize myself with, you know, this state that I'm making roots in. So it's, I, I'm not, I'm not, not having another addiction. I'm just controlling what that addiction is. Which I, I think happens to a lot of us. Like, you especially, you know, I, obviously I, I speak from a place of, of food addiction where people will say, well, you know, are you aren't you obsessed now with worrying about food? You know, aren't, aren't you still obsessing with food just now? It's in a different way. You know, it's not you know, it's not quantity and garbage quality anymore. But now you're thinking, you know, now your your head is too focused on food being healthy, you know, and that sort of thing and like transferring that. And I, I do I think there's something to be said for the fact that you know, especially in our lives, we develop these these neural pathways that are responsive to addictive behavior. And there's no surgery to go in and cut those out. You know, that doesn't really exist. So on some levels, it's like, well, if, if I'm addicted now to keeping myself alive, can I be okay with that? You know, can I, <laughs> right. can I recognize those behaviors? You know, can I, can I now say that that's, you know, okay, do I want, you know, and, and I think that can become an obsession. I think orthorexia is a very real thing, you know, uh, you know, obsession, you know, compulsive obsession with, with being healthy and things along those lines can be just as challenging for people. But I think finding ways to use those pathways to your advantage and maintain healthy balance is the hardest thing to do, but one of the most necessary things to do. And w- what I'm curious about, Matt, like, especially having you, you know, talking about, because obviously hiking the Appalachian Trail. We talked about that. Your last interview was almost, I think, right after it happened, like very soon after you finished. Yeah, and, I think it was this summer afterwards, yeah. Yeah, and so what are the lessons you carry with you now in terms of when you're approaching challenges and you're approaching these these new adventures that you feel, you know, what are, what are the mistakes to avoid? You know, what are the things that you need to keep in focus? Does, does that question make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's, and, and I think I may have mentioned this in, in the last interview too. There, there's, there's a, a, a very simple saying on trail, um, no matter what long trail you're hiking. In fact, in backpacking in general, it's hike your own hike. And I, I learned, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a, I'm a libertarian at heart. You know, I, I'm, I'm very, you know, not to get political at all, but I'm, I'm very just, stay stay away and let things pan out and then decide how I feel about them afterwards. So um, in carrying that forward off trail, I'm able to connect with, you know, people and friends and um, everyone else and with myself in, in a way that kind of keeps me from getting entrenched in what that person's doing over there, what, you know, how much weight this person's lost or how many miles this person has run. And, um, it's really kind of made me able to, to really just get back to focusing on what I'm doing and my goals and not really worrying about what else is happening around me. Which if I that think, makes any sense. No, I think it does. And it's, it's that idea <laughs> of the comparison trap, like, you know, mm-hmm. falling into worrying, you know, we, we more, we worry more about other people than we do ourselves because it's easier. And, you know, it's easy, not only is it easier to give other people advice, but it's also easier to judge 
and you know to be critical and, and all right. of those facets. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know it, what what that does for me, you know, it gives me a unique position where like, listen, I I well, I have a TikTok and on there it it you know my one of one one of the hashtags that I'm trying to build right now is hashtag not a fitness guy. Like I'm not a fitness guy, but like here's what I've been through, here's what I've done. If you're at all interested in learning the lessons I've learned in my life, then, you know, try to do some of these things. And what I can bring to, to that message to, to bringing that to people is, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like a David Goggins or, you know, one of those guys who are very, very strict and very, very militant. And those dudes are awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like I model a lot of things after those dudes, you know, David Goggins, some millions of followers follows, follows absolutely nobody on Twitter. That's a brilliant move. But, um, there, there's a lot of people that get very discouraged when they look at the things that these guys are doing, you know, when they look at, you know, the, the huge miles and the, and the big runs and, and the, the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pull-ups and it's, it's, it's overwhelming for, for somebody who's just like trying to rediscover themselves and, and their personal fitness, you know, and, uh, bringing a, a hike your own hike mentality to it. I can, I can encourage people to get out and do it. I'm going to go run 12 miles today, but you know what? Just get out and walk a mile. You know what I mean? To get out there and do something, breathe some air, get some movement. Don't, you don't have to set your bar as high as I set mine. No, I think that's important. And I, I talk with clients about that a lot. You know, when, when we talk about activity and immediately they're like, well, what did you do when you got started and what do I do? You know, and I always try to flip that around and be like, well, let's not worry about what I did. Let's worry. What can you do? You know, what is, and it, it's, and I think that's the hard thing. Like you said, like when you see what other people are doing and what they're accomplishing and that's who you want to be and that's who you want to emulate and that's the, the life you want to lead, but you're sitting at point A, it, it's about being okay with where you're at today. And I, and I think that is like, in a lot of ways, the key to so many things that we're talking about is about accepting where you are today because you don't know what, where tomorrow is going to be and you can't change yesterday. So let's worry about today. Let's worry about the next choice that comes up. And I think that especially people that are struggling with food issues, you know, sometimes it is about getting to the next choice, not worrying about what are the meals planned for the rest of the day? What am I eating all week? You know, what if I do I have 75 containers of prepped food in the fridge? You know, it's literally sometimes about can I hold myself together to get through to the next moment? Yeah, you know, yeah. It, focus, focus on the decision in front of you, you know, it, you the, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. If, right. if you're, if you're worrying about the whole thing, you're, you're going to be stressed all day. Well, exactly. And someone who like, you know, you, you, your initial, you know, 200 pounds. Um, and even now, you know, where you're from, from the place that you regain to you're down, is it around 80 pounds or I don't, yeah, I know numbers lost... matter. So I don't want to use, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to be off by a pound. Right. <laughs> I've, I've lost about 80 pounds since, um, September 1st, since the beginning of the long trail hike that we did. Um, down about 80 pounds and that puts me at about uh, 270 now which for someone who has to lose 80 pounds they focus on that 80 and because they don't lose that 80 in a week it's not success if they lose 10 pounds in a week that might not be enough if they lose five in a week it's not enough and the hardest thing to try to com communicate to people is some days some weeks not losing anything but not gaining anything is a bigger win yeah, absolutely. You know, being yeah. okay with realizing, and it's it's about that realizing that 
it, things are going to take time. And this is so cliche, like it's so dumb, but <laughs> things are going to take time. So, t- but time is going to pass anyway, is I think the piece of that that gets missed is that. So, yes, it might take you a year to lose the weight that you want to lose. It might take you five years, but five years are going to pass anyway. And do you want those five years to be the same exact as they are today? Or do you want to take a chance and see if you could make some actual change happen? Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Because you I know, think... I'm... No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we, we, have, we have a saying growing up in Philly we, uh, with our sports teams that always choke. We always had a saying, it was trust the process. Whenever a team was in a rebuilding phase, it was trust the process. And that's one thing I try to bring to any time that I end up coaching anybody through, you know, any kind of fitness or anything, just trust the process, get through what you're doing today and you'll see the progress later on. I promise, you know? And, right. And, and because realistically, so like when I talk to a client who's like, you know, I followed my macros today and I, the, the scale hasn't changed. And I'm like, but wait, let's go back to the fact that you followed your macros today. You know, you fueled your body in a healthy way. You gave your body food that it needs and you didn't beat your body up with food, you know, so that's a win, you know, and those wins are going to, ha- sometimes we have to be happy with realizing that we're not doing more damage just because we want to see the scale move faster, just because we want to see something change faster. You know, it's that idea. And then, because then that also then flips to the other extreme of, well, okay, if cutting 500 calories didn't do anything, let's cut a thousand, you know, cutting a thousand to do anything, let's cut 1500. Okay. And now you're eating 600 calories a day. And doing as much damage as you were when you were eating 6,000 calories a day. It's it's the equivalent to, you know, you, you're, you're a little bit warm, so you turn up your air conditioning. You know, you, you crank it up by 10 degrees, and then an hour later, you're freezing cold, you know? Things take time to change. It, you, it's, it's an atmospheric change, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a bigger picture thing, and you have, to, you have to give it the time to blossom. And I do want to dive in because this show is the Fat Guy Forum. Um, in terms of talking about... The, the, going through the experience of putting of putting weight back on after kind of having success, like what physically, what was that like for you? <sighs> so let me just say this first of all. I wish that I could go back to the moment that I looked in the mirror probably a year ago and said, "Man, I'm starting to get fat." I should cut it out because I still gained about 75 pounds after that. But um, <laughs> it's it was it was almost as it was like a Benjamin Button type of situation, you know, and, and it happened so slowly that like I, I it just, you know, I, some of my clothes started to get a little bit tight. And then I started buying a few like bigger, you know, shirts and then they started getting tight. And I, and I, I started getting winded going up and down the stairs. And, um, you know, I, I started doing less i started feeling more lethargic um i honestly this is the fat guy forum my libido suffered you know i i they my 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 relationship my my comfort at home suffered because of it you know and it it all just happened so slowly just like gaining weight where you know it it's just compounding and then one day it's there it's piled up you know what i mean um and the biggest thing that the hardest part of it and i know i talked about this the last time i was on and i've I've talked about this in my social media before i had a pretty bad heel spur in my right heel before um you know when i was 400 pounds and i was really proud of getting rid of that and in fact that's what led me to you know deciding that i wanted to walk over 2,000 miles that heel spur is back and even now, after losing 80 more pounds, that's, I, that heel spur is still a problem. And I'm starting to fear that I've 
created a problem that I'm not going to be able to just lose the weight and get rid of this time. I might have to go back for surgery. And that's scary because what if this happens a third time? Then what happens, you know? No, for sure. And that's, and, and, and I, that's, I want to say like out there, like, I, I know I've talked many times about the, the insane amount of weight that I can put on overnight. Um, but I, I, I think for the average human, um, it is a gradual process. And it is that thing where it's, it's like, if you were to kind of, and maybe this metaphor works, like, um, cutting your fingers off is trauma, which you know, well, um, but rubbing, you know, a slightly sharp blade once a day against your finger that is going to eventually lead to the, the fingers coming off is not going to hurt as much. You know, the, the pain is not going to be as present. It's not going to be something, you know, poking yourself lightly with a needle is not the same thing as jabbing that needle right into your eye. Like, it's like there's this slow buildup that you start to be okay with. And it, it, it is like seeing those things start to, and again, you know, it, we're, we're so good as human beings about kind of handling things psychologically. Like, I, I think like that's even when we're in the middle of crisis, like that's one of the things like I've talked about, like when people are like, well, I could never imagine weighing that much. I could never imagine being 500 pounds. How did you handle that? It's like, did you, cause they have this expectation that you wake up every day and scream, you right. know, it's like, you're, <laughs> like you're trapped in a, you're like, you're trapped in a cage, you know, and some days you do, but for the most part, it's like you adapt and you move forward and it's like, well, you know, I should do something about it, but I've got a lot to do to, you know, there's a lot going on. I've got a lot going on today. I got to work. I got to do this. So maybe tomorrow I'll do something about it. So for today, the bigger shirt's going to work. Exactly. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, laying in bed at night as a kid and, um, you know, praying that one day I would be skinny. You know, it, it wasn't something that I, I didn't, it wasn't present in my mind. I, I always was aware of where my health was. It's just that it was always too big of a situation to tackle that day, you know? And so what do you think that like, cause for that person who's out there who lost a hundred pounds and has put 50 pounds back on and is kind of just living their life and saying that they'll get to it eventually. Like, what do you think it was for you that finally where you're like, okay, I enough is enough. I had to stop and realize that all the things in my life that I was proud of were no longer there. I was proud of myself for losing 200 pounds. Now I had a hundred of it back. I was proud of myself for battling my demons and winning and, and getting over alcohol and getting over my, you know, food dependencies and stepping outside of my comfort zone. You know, I, I recall one time we went to Cape Cod and we were walking on a jetty out to, um, you know, out on, out on the, the jetties or whatever. And there was one part where I would have to skip stones and I was afraid to do that. You know, I didn't do it. And I'm, I, I climbed Mount Katahdin, you know, with, with, with one and a half hands. And that's like, that kind of fear is just something that's not present in me when I'm, you know, in, in the, the best, when I'm the best me that I can be. And uh, I, I was, once I, once I was able to like not be drunk and turn around and look at everything that I was proud of accomplishing was no longer there. And I had to accept that I am only as good as who I am right now. And who I am right now is not who I used to be. And what do you think? So say someone hears that and they think, 
because you know when we talk about being proud of things you're like well is that something really to be proud of like can't you just be happy that you're you know you're a person who's alive like what is what is that what do you think it is that makes it okay to say this is not a this is not enough so I'll, i'll just take that one statement of like can't you be you know proud of just being alive and uh here's the thing about me when I was 400 pounds. I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I'm speaking about me when I was 400 pounds and me when I was 300 pounds and 350 pounds and when when I'm not living the life to my my fullest. I get up, I'm miserable. I go to work, I'm miserable. If I'm bartending, I put on a happy face and I pretend to be happy, which then makes me more miserable after work because I have to go home and decompress from all of that. You know, and then I drink because I'm miserable. And then that cycle repeats. I was not living a life. I, <laughs> I was, I was existing. And, you know, when, when I, when I stepped away from alcohol and when I stepped away from my, my addictions and problems with food and, and I started to embrace my mental health and my physical health, I really discovered who I was for the first time in my life. I was not this fat kid that couldn't do anything right and that would never amount to anything. You know, I was I was this this young man who, you know, has this energy and thirst and hunger for life and and just goes out and chases it every single day and it was just this new thing for me and it was amazing. And then, you know, losing that was tough. <laughs> After having it and then losing it and going back to the person that I was, was really hard. And, you know, if there is anybody out there who is hearing this right now and is halfway on their way or a quarter way on their way and looking at themselves in a mirror and just saying, I should really do something about this before it becomes a problem. You really should. You should do something about it before it becomes a problem. Because if, if, if you're not happy with the 25%, you're going to be really unhappy with the 100%. Oh, I agree uh, 100%. And I think if someone out there is having that thought of, I should handle this before it becomes a problem. It probably already is a problem. Yes. Absolutely. I think that I think that's the way our brains process. You know, like we're we very much if we're like, "Oh, I should do something about that, but I'm not ready to." That then it the first part of that sentence is what's most important to think about, you know, the I should do something about that. And I think it's okay like what you were getting into like that idea of defining for yourself what what your life should be and what your life should mean. And I think we're there, there's this this push out there, you know, for like body positivity and fat acceptance and all of those things that gets into this place of, you know, see yourself as enough right now. And I think there's a difference with uh, between loving yourself today and still wanting your, your life to be more than hatred. Like it's not self-hatred to say, I want to be that active person. It's not self-hatred to say, I know that if I change the way I eat, I wouldn't have to take these medications that I'm on. Yes, you know, absolutely. Like I, it's no, go ahead. Okay. It's 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 a hard line to walk, especially on social media, to to have a, a narrative that is saying, you know, be a healthier person, and you know, it's 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 almost impossible to do that without somebody feeling like you're, you know, bullying somebody who's who's not quite there, or you know, or or mistreating people, and it's realistically it's that's not the case at all like you know it might my my whole story is like hey i don't care if your goal is to lose weight or if your goal is to get better at fishing you know i'm trying to give you some advice that's going to help you get there no matter what and i think it's about you know being 
100% honest with where you're at. And if that means that you want to make change, great. If you're okay where you are, no matter what someone else says, that's not going to affect that. But, and, and, and it is, you know, like the, to bring the social media thing into it, like it's, it's, we just, um, my coaching partner and I, John, we, we just put out a kind of a PDF to help people that kind of want to explore keto on their own and want some structure and things along those lines. And so we were working on, um, putting together a post you know, a boosted, um, ad for it. And there are so many rules in the, the, the Facebook, Instagram world about what you can and can't advertise. Because if they believe that anything at all is going to be quote unquote body shaming, because you suggest that your product might help someone change their body, then they, they want to prove the ad. They cancel it. They, you know, it's this idea that, and also you can't ask people questions, which I think is really weird. Mm -hmm. um, you like, can sell exogenous ketones all day right. on Facebook. Oh yeah. You can do it <laughs> as long as, and, and make, and you can make these ex insane claims uh -huh. that are not backed up by science. But if you say to someone, here's something that's going to help you do some work. And it's, it's, it's just wild to me what we're allowed, what is considered, because we get into this place of shaming and it's like, you're shaming people, you know, like the, 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 the raging discussion that has been going on now for the past couple of years that are before and after and transformation Tuesday and throwback Thursday pictures. Are they fat shaming? Are they body shaming? You know, are you, and I think there's a difference between when, when someone like, cause I, I do get upset when people talk about, you know, they put up their before and after pictures and they talk about the person in the before, like it's a different person and that they hate, the, like there, there is this mentality out there that I don't know if you've seen it, like the, what is it, It's like the kill your doppelganger philosophy, like kill your twin. Like you have to kill the person that you were. And for me personally, I don't like, I don't like the idea of, because we're still the same person. And that's the place I think people need to get to is realizing that especially, you know, when you look at when someone puts up like a throwback picture or something along those lines and people are like, yeah, that guy's gone. That person's gone. And I'm like, you need to remember that that guy is the person who made the decision to get started. That guy is the person who got up and walked for five minutes because he couldn't handle more than that. You know, that guy was the one who decided it was time to clean out the kitchen and, and put some different food in there. Like, that's the same person. It's not, you know, you may not like your habits and behaviors. You may not like the things that you struggle with. And you may not like your old routines, like your those things you used to do, your, whether it's hobbies or whatever. You know, you can want to change those things. But at the end of the day, you're still the same person. And you have to love your, you have to love that person through everything. And if that person didn't love you, you know, if that person didn't love themselves enough to do something to, you know, to work on their health, you wouldn't be here today. So it's that idea, like, because we want to disassociate. We want to disassociate yep. from our behaviors. We want to disassociate. I'm guilty of it. I think I said it 10 minutes ago. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, I, but I, I think it's like, it's it's just, it goes down. And, and I do it, my, like, I think we all do it because I think it's yeah. such a natural thing now. But it's this right. idea of. You're there, absolutely right, though. That makes so much sense. You know, it's, it, and I think sometimes it's a linguistics thing. Like, it's semantics. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, when you say, because like, you, when you said, you know, I don't want to go back to being that person. I know yeah. what you're talking about is describing the set of behaviors that that person used to do. Like right. that's where, you know, kind of like right. your, your head's going with that. It's not that if you met that person in like if, if that if you somehow like let's I don't want to get too theoretical here. <laughs> but if, if we had a time machine right now, and we could go back and talk to Matt in 2017, mm -hmm. you know, before any, any change happened. It's not like you would walk up to him and shoot him like it's right. not you know, like that's not what this is about. Like, yeah. And, and I think I, I well, the, you the, know, I don't want to go, go ahead. 
was gonna say the realistic thing is that like that person up until that point has learned the lessons that also got me to here. You know, there's a lot of things that I've learned about me and my life up until that point that helped me get to the the mountain that I had to climb over, the proverbial mountain and the literal mountains I had to climb over. You know, um, it just much like you know, I, at 19 I caught myself a felony and ended up in jail for a little bit. And there are still lessons in my life that I take from that experience and apply them to my everyday life. So I wouldn't go back and take that experience away from me, just like I'm not going to go back and take away the experience of growing up the way that I did, praying at night to be skinny and, you know, being the the fat lineman in high school and, you know, being the, the fat, funny guy, you know, in my early 20s. I learned a lot of lessons getting mm-hmm. to where I was at that point in my life. You're absolutely right. And those are the th- and those are the things that make us who we are. Like when people say, I wish I could go back in time. And change like, and it's a question I've even asked people during interviews before. And and there's someone, you know, I've got friends who on their podcasts, you know, they love to, you know, like for a while there, you know, in the the Fat Guy Five, I asked the question, you know, what advice would you go back in time and give your past self? Like, I in a lot of ways, I don't consider that to be a valid question anymore because I don't want someone to think about going back in time and changing what they've come through. I want them, I want them to stay focused on what comes next. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it, that's, that's uh, kind of where I am in my life is I'm, I'm, I've decided that I'm happiest when I am uh, taking every step to advance two more steps beyond it. You know, if, if that makes any sense to, to use a metaphor, um, um, everything that I'm doing in my future is preparing for, for the next big thing after it. So let, let's talk about Matt now. Like, let's, let's talk about this idea of, of like, you're going from existing to kind of living this life. Like what, what does life look like for you now? So, um, where I am right now in my life is I recognized that in 10 days is my 34th birthday. Um, that also marks exactly six months. I get married on September 25th. So between my 34th birthday and my wedding day, I have exactly six months and I decided to challenge myself to hike, bike, cycle, or swim, kayak, whatever, um, 60 miles every single week while maintaining my full-time job, mind you, 60 miles every single week. I'm going to be capping the bicycling off at 30 because I feel like it's unfair if I just cycle 60 miles in two or three days and call it at that. Um, well, especially in the mountains, you could just... Yeah. You could drive to the top of a mountain and, and get a good mm-hmm. chunk of that done just by rolling downhill. Absolutely. And speaking speaking <laughs> to that, uh, there, there are some of these modalities where I'm going to have to quantify, you know, what equates to miles. Like if I if I end up, uh, you know, kayaking or, or rafting or anything like that, then I'm going to have to break down in calories what would equate to a mile. So there's going to be some some work in trying to figure how to keep it fair and honest. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm only happy when I'm challenging myself. So uh, you know, setting roots in Vermont this year, I decided that I wanted to explore more of Vermont because when somebody has that conversation with me and they try to tell me I'm not a Vermonter, I'm going to say, how many miles of Vermont have you actually explored? You know? Um, and yeah, uh, so af- after that, Hannah and I, um, we're, we're getting married in September, like I said, and then we are going to be hiking the Pacific Crest Trail and uh, we're starting in the spring of next year. So that's going to be a six month endeavor in and of itself. So, um, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to try and, uh, push, 
our journey and, and our experience um, out to the world a little bit more. And we're going to try to connect with people out there who are struggling with the same things that we have both struggled with throughout our lives. And um, we're welcoming everybody to, to join us and, and watch us blossom together in uh, both the backpacking and, and, and activity world, as well as, you know, uh, our intentions at some point are to either buy a tiny house or a bus and build that out into a van that we can live in. Um, and I'm, I, I realistically, dude, I'm fully embracing the hippie life. And I, I know you and I are friends on Facebook and you've, <laughs> you've seen some of my posts lately. I'm realizing that I'm pretty much a hippie now. <laughs> I just, I just want to get you a haircut, man. I, I almost cut my hair this morning. Oh, <laughs> like, that's a whole nother episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, you know, right now my life is, uh, I am standing and some some might say that I already challenged myself by losing the 80 pounds, but losing the 80 pounds, like I said, was just my next my, my preparation for the next step. So mm -hmm. I'm standing at the bottom of this mountain looking up at it and, you know, I'm I'm saying, hoorah, and I'm about to I'm about to run up this mountain and I'm going to keep another mountain behind it that's much bigger and brings much more challenges and then hopefully behind that one I can put another mountain and I realized that I can only accomplish the things that I want to accomplish in my life if I am putting goals in front of me and meeting them which I think is really important I think if that's like the one lesson for people to take away from your journey from my journey from the journeys of almost anyone that I've had on this show is that well it's when we lose sight of having goals and challenges for ourselves that it's e that's when it's easy to start to lose things. That's when it's easy to start to lose that focus and figure out, you know, start to figure lose where it is that you want to be because without those challenges, and that's the thing is like life is a challenge. Life should be challenging. If life feels easy, you're doing something wrong. Like, and I don't mean that in a way where I'm telling someone who's having a great day that, well, you know, you should have a harder day, but it's this idea of like, what are you doing that's moving you forward? Like, what are the things that you actually want your life to be like? And what are you doing to move you there? So I think that's really awesome to hear. And, and you're talking about sharing your story, you know, so we, we've talked a little bit. I look, I, I have, I haven't seen you do too many embarrassing dances on TikTok yet, but I feel like the, <laughs> there's more coming. There, oh, I, 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 under, I believe it. One and of the challenges that I'm challenging myself to is getting more comfortable with dancing in public. So it's coming. Well, TikTok will do that for you, man. Uh, <laughs> but if people do want to connect, like, because I know one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was you've got a YouTube video you're dropping, you know, soon. Like, tell, let people know where they can connect with you. Okay. So um, first and foremost, I'll start with my Instagram. It's the easiest. That's uh, Positive Mileage. Um, P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E-M-I-E. L E A G E. That was a struggle for me to spell, so I know it might be a struggle for somebody else. Um, you can you can find me there and get connected to everything else through that. Um, also on TikTok, you can find me at Hiker X Trash. That's Hiker Trash with an X in the middle of it. And um, on YouTube, you can find us at the Adventures of Hiker Trash and the Trail Angel. Um, in that, you'll see some videos that we've made of our previous backpacking endeavors and we're dropping one, I believe today. Um, and then the big kicker is next Monday, we're going to release the video of the day that we hiked up Killington and I asked her to marry me. It's the YouTube video that I am most proud of to date. I, I put a lot of work into this video, so I'm, I'm really excited to see how it's received. That's awesome, man. And I'm going to put links to all of your your 
places uh, in the show notes, obviously, for this episode so people can find that um, so they can track you down. Matt, I just really want to say thank you for being willing to come back to the show. If anyone hasn't heard Matt's original episode, uh, I'm going to also put a link in the show notes to that one. It's one of the early on. And I honestly meant to look up what number it was before we, we were talking. And I didn't. And I'm like, why didn't I do that? Um, so I, I'm the idiot there. But I, I just really want to say thank you for coming back and, and sharing where you're at, giving people an update, but also letting people know what's coming next. I, I, I want to thank you for having me back. Like I said to you, I felt like I owed you and your audience a better interview after realizing where I was at that point in my life. And I'm, I'm really happy that you gave me the chance to come back and talk. Well, it, I, it was my pleasure, man. And, and I think that's, again, like the, the one thing if they can, they can take away from this is that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. But it becomes a problem when then you start ignoring that. You know, that's Absolutely. when, it, you know, instead of saying, you know, it's, it's the dog sitting in the house at the table with the, you know, the fire around him. This is okay. You know, if, if your house is on fire and you need to make some changes, get the help and the support that you need to make those changes and know that that means being uncomfortable, know that that means feeling challenged and know that it means, you know, being a little, you know, like feeling awkward and feeling like you're, you know, again, I, I think we don't talk about men's mental health enough. Um, I agree. And I think. And you- no, go ahead. I was going to say, as you know, if, if we're if we're framing it in terms of men, you, you can't you can't be there for the people that you care about if you're not taking care of yourself. Right. One hundred percent. So I, I think also if anyone listening is sitting out there and, and feeling like they're in that place. Finding support, finding connections, finding resources or just finding it within yourself to start making those changes and realize that you don't have to change things 100 percent today, you know. Things can be gradual because challenges come on us gradually. Regain comes on us gradually. You know, take it from that perspective of time is going to pass. And if you're not doing something about the challenges that you're facing, then you're just letting that time pass. I couldn't say it any better myself, Cormier. So, Matt, we're going to end the episode with the the same way that I do every episode with the Fat Guy 5. Um, it's a different version. I, I don't even remember if when you when it, when I had your first interview if I was doing this at that point. So I believe you were, yeah. So we'll see. It's it's good thing that you remember these things. I'm a lot <laughs> I'm a lot older than you. So I I hadn't had my drinks for the day yet at when, that point. So <laughs> when you're talking about you know you know you get your 34th birthday coming up and it's so yeah. I'm like Ugh, that was like 800 years ago for me. Like I my 34th birthday. Good, good goodness, I think it was the 90s. I don't know. Um, wow. You know, Beverly Hills was still on TV. Anyway, Jeez. Um, so Matt, let's let's get into the Fat Guy Five and take you through them. So, and who knows? Maybe some of your answers will have changed. If, if I, I think only one of the questions is is similar, but okay. Question number one, Matt, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh man, um, I'm pretty sure that this is the same answer that I gave last time, um, and that was uh, James Gandolfini, Tony mm-hmm. Soprano. I, you know, I not only, you know, I'm from Jersey, so I love the Sopranos. He's, he's a really interesting person. Matt, you actually dropped off. Can you give that answer again? That's. I'm we, so sorry. Matt is beta. My, uh, we use clean feed to record, and Matt is beta testing the Safari version. And it's yeah, been my, going great, but you dropped off there for a second. My so. alarm to wake me up for the day actually went off. <laughs> so, uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you can hear me now? Yes. Okay, cool. So, um, I, sorry, let me get back, back on track. Okay. So 
the the one fat person that I would love to meet would be um, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini. And I think that was the same answer that I gave the last time. I think time. it was. I think I remember that mm-hmm. now. But um, if I could be a little bit more concise, there's, you know, not only is he, you know, Tony Soprano, I'm from Jersey, you know, I, I always thought I was a tough guy growing up and everything, you know. But also, if you delve into his personal life and his passion projects, I mean, he's done some really nice things and, and he's he's tried to 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 bring forth a message that I think um, a lot of people can actually relate to. So um, if, if you don't know a whole lot about James Gandolfini, you should definitely look into the things that he was accomplishing before he passed. There we go. Question number two, Matt, tell us, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson that being a fat guy has taught me is um, having a personality can get you just as far in life as having looks, you know? And that's why a lot of us fat guys result to being the funny fat guy because people enjoy having you around even if they don't like looking at you. That went, that went pretty dark there for a second, man. <laughs> Even if they don't like looking at you. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, we've, we've all recognized at some point, especially for me in bartending, that, like, you know, nobody wants to come and look at this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, but when, when I can entertain them with my personality, then that then brings people back. So that's one thing I learned is don't worry about your looks. Develop your personality. I think a haircut would help with that. <laughs> but we're going to move on to question number three. We're going to move on to question number three. Matt, so say someone out there is is listening and relating to your story and feeling some of the similar challenges. What do you think is one thing that they can do today to start making change? One thing you could do today to start making change. Well, if, if you happen to be in an area where, uh, you know, there's a little bit of sunshine, you can spend 10 minutes outside absorbing some sunshine and maybe take a five, 10 minute walk. Uh, If that's not possible for you, you could change one of the things, one of the items on your plate tonight for dinner and make that a healthier option. Just one of the things. And uh, maybe, you know, don't drink that second Coca-Cola tonight. Very, very easy things that you can do without much effort that will benefit your overall mental and, and physical health. There we go. Question number four, Matt, tell us what is one thing about yourself that you love? One thing that I love about myself is um, at least when I'm not in a depressive state, um, I love my dumb dog energy. I like to refer to it as mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like a I'm like a, a golden doodle sometimes where, you know, you, you get me out on a trail or something like that. And I don't care if there's 30 pounds on my back. I'm, I'm going to bound forward on that trail and. There's, there's some, there's some video evidence of that in in some of my recent YouTube videos. (laughs) And I was amazed that we almost made it a full hour without you saying the word dog. (laughs) I had to consciously try to not talk about dogs this entire time. You know that well. Because I honestly think if anyone is out there, like if you were following Matt on the Appalachian Trail, the most exciting moments were not when he climbed a mountain or when he survived like sleeping in a hole, you know, surviving, finding, you know, finding somewhere to finally wash himself. Like none of it was, look, a dog. I saw a dog today. There was a dog. So 
Yeah. That, I mean, my one of my TikToks that I made yesterday was because the dog that I'm so used to driving past in the summer, I call him Sun Dog. He hangs out on his porch. I've actually never met this dog in person or in dog. Um, we have just passed and locked eyes, and and we we have we have our own you know thing together every time I drive past him. But it's not summer until I see this dog. I saw Sun Dog yesterday. Now ah. it's officially summer for me. I'm excited about that. There we go. I like it, man. <laughs> And question number five, Matt, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I hope over the next year to find a time or to to find a way to apply value to the time that I have energy to put forth and find a way to monetize that. I don't know quite what that looks like, whether it's writing a book, whether it's, you know, developing a paywall for my video content or, you know, finding, you know, somebody who's willing to employ me to just jibber jab at my phone and post videos on their behalf all day. Um, I, I want to step away from giving my time and energy to an employer and finding freedom in developing my own forms of income for myself. Well, I think as long as that doesn't result in an OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, go check out my OnlyFans. <laughs> Please don't. I, Please. I know I've joked about Please. it uh, yeah. recently in my content, and that's only because in my link tree I put a link to OnlyFans that goes to OnlyFriends.com, and I uh, thought that was hilarious. <laughs> nice. I like it. Well, Matt, I just want to say thank you again one more time for coming on the show, revisiting the audience, and I know that everyone's going to appreciate hearing this update. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate being able to talk to everybody. And um, I just want to put it out there that please, you know, anybody out there who hears this, I consider you a friend now. So if there's anything that you want to talk about, please connect with me, reach out to me, and I'd be happy to sit down and talk to you about anything and everything that you want to, if it's going to help you get to the place that I am right now mentally. <laughs> there we go, man. So everybody out there, if you want to reach out to Matt, his information is going to be in the show notes. If you want to reach out to me, you know you can find me on Instagram at GourmetGoesKeto, on Twitter at GourmetGoesKeto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. If you're interested in talking with me about coaching, you can find that at theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. And also at theketoroad.com is where you can find that new PDF, the Build Your Keto Road PDF, under $40. And it's a comprehensive tool to not only help you make healthy changes in your life, but build a sustainable life you can maintain. You can find that there as well. That said, go on outside, do something today to amaze yourself, my friends. And even if you can't do that outside because it's snowing, you got to do it inside, do it inside because you are the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us again on the next Fat Guy Forum. 